Good everyone and welcome to today's Living Life. So most of my life uh, I lived abroad and um, I've been in Korea 17 years now but I still you know I'm, I'm a foreigner now so I'm home but I'm also not home but um, anyway so I grew up uh, the formative years of my life in Australia um, at you know a Korean Australian church a Korean church really uh, we started an EM later on but it was an it's an immigrant church yeah and some of you uh, might be in one right now or have experience and it's a whole different ball game the ministry uh, and everything is different in at an immigrant church and while there uh, we see a lot of people uh, we who live in Australia see a lot of people coming from Korea uh, for short bursts of time sometimes six months one year two year three year and they go back uh, a lot of them come not not Christian not believing in Jesus and during that time there they become Christians uh, they accept Christ as their Lord before they go back and this is very common in Australia and in, in America and elsewhere as well and I think a lot of factors drive people um, to seek a church when they are overseas and from listening to their testimonies uh, I think the main thing is the hardship and the pain of being a foreigner in a foreign land and I believe these kind of circumstances force people uh, into a state of humility uh, where they will be ready and they are ready to submit to God when they realize their need for a savior because they are not they realize that they are not the Lord of their own lives. Yeah, let's read the passage and then we'll continue. Jeremiah chapter 24 verses 1 through 10. After Jehoiachin, son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, and the officials, the skilled workers, and the artisans of Judah were carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon by Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, the Lord showed me two baskets of figs placed in front of the temple of the Lord. One basket had very good figs, like those that ripen early. The other basket had very bad figs, so bad they could not be eaten. Then the Lord asked me, What do you see, Jeremiah? Figs, I answered. The good ones are very good, but the bad ones are so bad they cannot be eaten. Then the word of the Lord came to me. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Like these good figs, I regard as good the exiles from Judah, whom I sent away from this place to the land of the Babylonians. My eyes will watch over them for their good, and I will bring them back to this land. I will build them up and not tear them down. I will plant them and not uproot them. I will give them a heart to know me that I am the Lord. They will be my people, and I will be their God for they will return to me with all their heart. But like the bad figs, which are so bad they cannot be eaten, says the Lord, so will I deal with Zedekiah, king of Judah, his officials and the survivors from Jerusalem, 
whether they remain in this land or live in Egypt. I will make them abhorrent and an offense to all the kingdoms of the earth, a reproach and a byword, a curse and an object of ridicule wherever I banish them. I will send the sword, famine, and plague against them until they are destroyed from the land I gave to them and their ancestors. At Rundi Church, uh, we, ha we have a strong ministry uh, or culture of one-to-one -one discipleship. And in our one-to-one -one disi discipleship book, which is in multiple languages, by the way, there is a chapter on temptations in the second half um, of the, the discipleship. And in the introduction, it mentions three kinds of adversity in the Bible. Uh, one, and the main one is temptation, that is the topic of um, the chapter. There are two others that are more pertinent to us uh, and our devotional today and they are trials and tests. So I'm just going to give you a brief introduction uh, because it's actually quite important to our devotional today. Trials are explained in James chapter 1 verses 2 to 4 where it says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come, come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know uh, that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow, and so let it grow. Uh, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Trial tests faith, which leads to steadfastness uh, as our endurance, or as I like to say, perseverance, is developed, which leads to our perfection and completion. And if you reverse engineer this, we can also say that trials can be or lead to the foundation of our faith. And it's like the pressure on coal uh, that creates diamonds, right? Trials um, are like this kind of pressure that is placed on coal to create diamond, that you, that's, you know, which is our faith. Uh, next, tests are like uh, are modeled in Genesis chapter 22, verse 1, and then later on verses 16 to 18, where it says in verse 1, uh, sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. And then later on, verse 16 and on, uh, this is what the Lord says, because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your son, your only son, I swear by my own name that I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number, like the stars in the sky, and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will conquer, conquer the cities of their enemies. And verse 18, and through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed, all because you have obeyed me. Emphasis, mine. Tests in the Bible are from God and they are for obedience. They test us for obedience. And it's to um, those people that God desires to use, the people that God desires to bless, for whom he has a purpose. One of my old, professor, uh, old Testament professors I remember in a seminary used to say that the Old Testament is all about the land. Um, he's Romanian-American, so and for some reason to me he had a slight Italian accent. He said, all about the land, all about the land. Um, so I cannot forget what he said, but all about the land, as in the possession and then the disposition of land to call their own throughout. And you, you know, if you know anything about the Old Testament, you know this pattern. It was, at first, it was just a place to call their own. But then later on, it was the promised land. They get it, but then they lose it. And they come back and they're exiled again. And this time and time again, God uses exile to try to teach the Israelites their sin and its consequences. 
And this is because exile is a trial and test or a series of trials and tests. Trials and testing is required for us to become worthy tools and vessels of God. It's a refining process that burns away the impurities, like how precious metals like gold and silver are processed. They are burned, they are put in high temperature until all the impurities are burned away and all that is left behind is the pure gold or the pure silver. So I'm always supportive of people who are thinking about, you know, quote unquote, going away especially to foreign countries for longer periods of time, whether it be for work, uh, to experience uh, you know, short or medium-term missions, um, and so forth. Uh, we have a lot of people coming through our English ministry who come teaching English or as international school teachers, and after a couple of years, rather than just going back home to, the, to Canada or Australia or America, uh, some I know and are still there have gone on to the Middle East, uh, teaching in schools there, um, in various countries there, and in China and uh, India, Sri Lanka, and so forth. And I think this is something that God wants for us uh, to experience because it is during this kind of time that we are softened to allow God to work in us. Yeah? Um, the uncertainties and hardships will cause people to seek and rely on God more. Verse 7, uh, in today's pas passage, it says, I will give them a heart to know me that I am the Lord. They will be my people and I will be their God, for they will return to me with all their heart. And so it is the new God-given heart that is the start of new life. And the heart that is the inner core of a person that directs the will and the action of a person as well. Now, in uh, Western culture and understanding, the heart is usually all about the emotion, right? The feeling and the emotion. But biblically, and I think, you know, if you really think about it, uh, the, the heart dictates the action, di dictates the motives of a person. And that is why the Psalms and so many worship songs talk about the heart so much. Uh, it is not just to stir up emotion, but it is because the heart determines who you are. It is who you are. So a clean heart given by God is able to receive and contain a righteous spirit. And this heart is from God, as it says in today's passage. So for our application today, uh, let's learn to embrace uh, some uncertainties, some hardships, because we have Christ in us who is our strength. And as the Bible says, we can persevere, we can do, uh, but I like, prefer the word persevere, through all things through Christ who strengthens us and who is our strength. And as we live in that way and that attitude, uh, the new heart that God gives us will be strengthened so that we can be uh, closer and closer uh, according to His heart and His action, uh, His will as well. And as we'll see tomorrow, uh, to have a heart for the nations, uh, to live and to lift up the nations as an intercessor as well. Amen. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your word uh, that models and teaches us, Lord, and even shows us uh, what to expect. And Lord, uh, through all things, um, may your son Jesus in us, your spirit, help us to persevere through all things, Lord, as we have you as our strength. And in our weakness, Lord, may your strength be made perfect in us, Lord. So in, um, in saying so, help us, Lord, uh, to trust you 
and in that way to not lose heart during the times of hardship and of weakness as well. We desire to grow the new heart in us, your heart in us, O God. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. For a single soul, reaching a further and stepping in closer. See you.